Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Good to be back here. Happy New Year. It's Sunday night, January 1st. So I hope you all had a great ending to your 2022s. We did, and uh, we're feeling refreshed and ready to come back here with a fun show where we'll recap Bellator versus Ryzen. That took place uh, a few days ago and kind of along the lines of what I thought. But we'll go over it. Congrats to Bellator. Shut up. It was two days ago, so stop it with the spoilers. And then we'll go over some of the latest news and, of course, uh, maybe get a little personal with, you know, our our little holiday that we took, our little vacation. So it's going to be a fun time. Buckle up. It's MMA Junkie Radio on a Sunday night for your Monday morning delivery. Goes, how many pounds would you say you've put on these holidays? Did you come out of there unscathed or did they get you? I think I might have made it out okay. Thanksgiving was pretty minor compared to most Thanksgivings because we went out. So there wasn't really the whole leftover stuff like we normally do. Mm-hmm. But Christmas has been brutal. I'll tell you what it's been. So, first of all, not that culinary masterpiece that you put together, because that was legit, but we kind of got cleared out by family and friends, so there wasn't as many leftovers as usual. Oh. It's the sweets, man. The sweets. got diarrhea. Mom and Juliet and Laura and everyone else, it's just out of control. And, of course, no one puts a gun to my head and says, hey, man, go clown those. No, but they're there. So I think that is probably the bulk of what may have added a few pounds uh, to your boy here. You know what gets me is at mom and dad's, for some reason, there just seems to be a lot of soda. Like it always gets like dad's big old mitts just pop into your face all the time with like a soda. Mm -hmm. There's that. And then what really got me between Thanksgiving and Christmas was not knowing when exactly we were going to leave to California on the trips that we made. So I wouldn't go to the store to get food to make because I was like, well, why are we going to go buy a bunch of food if we're just going to be gone in a day or so, right? And so what ends up happening is that's when your first meal starts to be like McDonald's breakfast. And then later on at night, you end up at Burger King or some shit thinking like the next day you're leaving and then it turns out we don't leave so then you're like well you're back on the same boat i don't want to go to the store again and before you know it man we did a little tour of of junk food land in vegas including a tour of italy um well anyway like we said during the intro happy holidays uh seasons greetings there's another one but we really hope you all had a nice christmas and a happy and safe new year all of you that painted the town pink and went out and lived it up. Hey, congrats to you, man. Awesome. 
I kind of don't do that no more, but I'm not opposed to doing it. It's just it didn't go down that way this year. I spent it in California. Haven't done that in a while, so that was cool. And here we're back. It was it was uh, along with the holidays. We really, really did take some time off and just unplugged. And so it's something that, believe it or not, we can actually be open about. So, uh, yeah, we were told to actually unplug, unplug. Like there was no jumping into our team channels of communication or, uh, you know, take fielding calls or texts or passing them along or anything. They really, really wanted us to unplug. And so we did. And and it kind of helped. Uh, I was talking about that with our managing editor. He hardly even peaked that news goes kind of almost in the same boat as me. How mm-hmm. about you? And and did you feel refreshed from it? I, the very first day I did nothing like literally nothing. And I felt so good and almost so dumb because um, I realized what happens when you actually sleep uninterrupted. And um, man, I just felt great afterwards. Like I had all this energy and so by day two, I started to get a little bored. So I just started working on like little projects, like side projects, like, you know, clearing out your email, going through your phone, deleting all the extra stupid pictures you have and videos, things like that. I'd kind of put like little projects like that. And um, but yeah, it was it was pretty nice, man, to disconnect like that. So your first show, sorry, your your first day could have been a Seinfeld episode. Yeah, a lot. Do that nothing. Pitch was. What's the show about? Nothing. Nothing, huh? He goes, nothing. And I think he goes, what'd you do today? He goes, I got up. I had a oatmeal. That's a show. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, Watch some TV. Caught up on on some shows and stuff like that. It was cool. Yeah. So first of all, shout out to the crew that had our back. We had their back the week before. And if any of you... uh, didn't get a didn't didn't get hit back on a text or or any type of uh, DM messaging or whatever. We'll, we'll 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 be catching up a little bit this week. And hey, uh, yeah, we're in this deep, so I might as well say this. Um, it was a little sad at times because since Thanksgiving around that time, there's been a lot of uh, losses in our in our lives and our friends' lives. And um, it's kind of been like one after another and that a lot of that happened. And so, um, you know, some we can talk about and some we can't, but just to shout out to those people that are going through that, that's such a tough thing to go through at any time, let alone the holidays. So um, those of you who are going through that, I'm really sorry that you are, but if you ever need to talk or anything like that, I'll just know that. We're all here, man. I ha- you know, even throughout the year, like a couple friends that lost their parents, this is their first Thanksgiving without their parents or their first Christmas without their parents. And so, yeah, man, just a, a lot of that. And, you know, some of that was hitting me a little bit too. Uh, people that we really care about in our lives. And, you know, it sucks. And there is a suicide and crisis uh, lifeline. It's called, it's simple. It's 988, and it's available 24 hours. So thank you for bringing it up, Goes, for sure. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of times where we lost people through different types of circumstances. But, yeah, I was even seeing today, Brendan Schaub posted the loss of a friend. 
And in the comments section, there was an argument over whether apparently him and the friend had a love for fast cars. And they had joked, although it might sound morbid right now, that should anything ever happen, kind of like what happened to Paul Walker, that the other one would take care of the other one's kiddos, right? That's what he said. And so when he mentioned that, some people thought that the friend had a an accident. But then he had also mentioned, I didn't know he was hurting. So to me and a lot of people that read the messages, it was clear that it was probably uh, somebody who was suffering and took their own lives. So yes, um, along with our buddy Gabe, who lost his sister, and many others. Yeah, Stephen Barnard. Notable deaths, like, you know, for example, Barbara Walters and one of the more recent popes, the only pope to ever resign, and a few others. There there was some loss, not just these holidays, going back a few months, a few junkies uh, that lost family members. and Stephen Bonner. Stephen we, Bonner, yeah, how can I forget him? I mean, like, that dude... Um, we can't say that we were best friends with him, but like he'd answer phone calls and show up to the studio. He was there for our, uh, our, our bourbon party, our Royal rumble party. Um, he was, a, he was a good dude, man. He was a nice guy and he always had like ideas. He always had something going on and he battled his demons, but, um, I mean, arguably we might need, might not be here for, had it not been for the fight he had with Forrest Griffin, right? A lot of us. So uh, that dude is definitely somebody that will never be forgotten. Yeah, because that season, that season's finale, Tough One, the Ultimate Fighter One, was so great that the Spike executives told Dana White and the Fertitas, we are going to green light the next season and the season after that, and they're going to pay for it. Remember, the Fertitas paid $10 million out of their own pocket for that reality show. And that's why they went from $44 million to $54 million in debt. But when Spike came with that and then additional uh, revenue that came through them, you know, having their fights, not just the reality show, that kind of gave them a burst in, uh, I guess, funds to keep the thing going. And that fight also, I think, created new fans. And I often wonder, goes, you know, could season two have had a great fight? Of course they could have, right? Or whatever fights happened between season one and two. Could they have happened? And would all this have naturally happened? Perhaps, but how do we know we get caught up in the right timeline of it all? You know what I mean? That's what we don't know is is, uh, when you turn left... Had you turned right, would your whole life be different? Ask a lot of people that have ever, when they've gotten married, hey, how'd you meet? Well, believe it or not, I gave up my plane ticket, you know, um, because this lady swore up and down that she needed to make, you know, Thanksgiving with her family. And I, I still had time to catch the next flight. And then I started talking to the gal next to her, and that's my wife, you know, or whatever. So, it can happen just like that. Who who knows if it all would have unfolded the way it did. Would the sport have had success? I think so. I think there was a, something there to it for sure. 
but these boys catapulted it. You know what I mean? At that moment. So it may have happened in 2006, 2009. Who knows? You know, but remember, if the Fertitas and Dana aren't involved, who knows if it does to this degree? Because they're the ones that really, really had the the passion for it, especially Dana. The other guys were more like, you know, they write the checks. Lorenzo eventually got involved, and I could tell that he realized they had something there, and that's why he did get involved. He left his post as a station casino's executive and helped Dana White, you know, for like 10 years, I believe. So for sure, man, for sure, Stefan Bonner is gets, you know, uh, a ton of credit, man, him and Forrest Griffin. That, that's, that's why that fight is a Hall of Fame fight. And that's it, wait, it is right. <laughs> Please tell yeah. me it is. Okay. Oh, uh, he's in the hall. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he, yeah, it's, I yeah. He's in the hall because of the fight for sure. He's not in the hall um, under another wing, but Forrest is. But yeah, yeah, man. That uh, we, we still don't know actually what happened, other than I heard heart ha- complications. But I had looked at his Instagram a few days before and it said the best high rollers card coming your way, and he was promoting something that was happening in 2023. So, you know, there was no post of uh, having to do with maybe he was going through some hard times, his health, or maybe, you know, um, struggles mentally, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll find out. We'll find out without comment, without knowing at all. It's it's really difficult to comment. And it's careless to comment as well. And you, you want to have respect for the family. He had a daughter. Or, sorry, he had a boy. His name was Griffin, too. I don't know if people knew that. He named him after Forrest. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't want to just gloss over it because this one was, I mentioned it earlier, her name was Rosa Jimenez. We called her Nana, and that was my buddy Gabe's sister. And a lot of you met my buddy Gabe, a lot of you. And she had been battling cancer for the last couple of years. It came back, and it came back really strong and aggressive. And um, it it took her life a few days ago. And him and Gabe and his sister Nana were really close, both single. And so they both had a little bit more time on their hands than their other three siblings. And so they would do a lot of things together, like go to the track, eat sushi, watch sports. She was like one of the guys, you could say. And uh, she could take over a room, you know, like you – might have showed up thinking it was going to be a, an easy afternoon, say hello or whatever. And you could be doing three shots, you know, within a couple hours. And you got $200 uh, on some horses that you didn't count on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she could really, really flip things upside down. Yeah. She was always uh, a light, you know, in the room when she would enter. Mm. Uh, she always have a smile on her face and just always a story to tell. And she went with the flow such a cool person and uh yeah i mean that that's just so tough to go through and, and gabe is like a brother to us so uh you know our, our thoughts and prayers go out to their family my buddy jeff that i grew up with uh his mom passed away and uh that one happened a little bit before this one and you know this is a lady that used to pick us up from school and you know Maybe he didn't appreciate it at the time, but she would take us to Disneyland, Ontsbury Farm. You know, we'd spend a lot of time at their house and vice versa. And 
Yeah, man. It's just, you know, as you get older, I don't know if you remember, but I don't know if you go back 20, 30 years in your life, you kind of remember your parents starting to go to a few funerals here and there. And now it's kind of like us that are in that position where people are just getting older and yeah, you, you really have to appreciate life and, and be there for, for the ones who need it. Yeah, this is true. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking a little bit more about this either later in the show and forthcoming shows. Um, only because I'm going to do my best to really attend the services for, for Rosa. And like I say, uh, I think goes said it best. Gabe is like a brother to us. I mean, I talk to the guy every day and it's mostly revolving around sports, but it's just that silly stuff. You know, that guys talk about all the time. 30 years ago, man, check it out. Brooke Burke, her show's starting on E, you know, to mm-hmm. nowadays, you know, whatever. You see that cheerleader top fell off. <laughs> I hope you're not at Logan's game. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Oh, but I fooled the cousins. I, I'm playing a practical joke on them. So you all know my godson, Logan. I've talked to him, talked about him many times on the show. What I haven't mentioned lately is he really looks a lot like Brock Purdy, the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. And during the break, Logan is in town. He's a quarterback at Portland State University. So he had his Christmas break. I was in California, so we went and had lunch. Um, it was after Christmas, so I think it was like three or four days ago. and. We watched one of the Manchester United games. And uh, so I took my nieces that are in town from Peru just to get them out of the house a little bit. And they're about the same age as Logan. And uh, so they met him. And in fact, I'll tell this story too. They were asking what position he played. Luckily, there was a bowl game one. I can't remember what. We were watching mostly the Manchester United game, but we were also watching the bowl game. And so they were asking, well, what position do you play? But because they don't speak English or very little English, and he speaks very little Spanish, I was translating. And, uh, you know, I was showing them the quarterback. This is the the guy that's kind of telling them what to do in the huddle. And then when they're getting up to the line, he's letting them know the play's about to begin. You know, I had to really dumb it down. I, I, you know, I couldn't really say, oh, he's looking, you know, at the defense. He's putting someone in motion to see if they're in a zone. I mean, I couldn't get complicated, right? So I had to really dumb it down. And and then eventually he's going to hand it to someone, keep it, or throw it. Um, So they were kind of, you know, getting a kick out of it. Logan's, you know, 6'3", good-looking kid and everything. And um, so well, they wanted to know why they catch it sometimes and sometimes they don't. And we're like, well, they, uh, you know, for one – there's They're 11 wanted. guys on the other side that want to decapitate you, you know, and two, it's, it's not always right there. Sometimes you got to jump, dive, extend, whatever. You got to watch your feet, you know? And then I made the mistake of saying, um, I have sweet hands and I know I wouldn't be dropping it and whatever. Anyway, next thing you know, we're in the parking lot when it's all over and Logan's throwing fastballs at me and I couldn't catch any of them. I mean, it, it was like me warming up a pitcher in the bullpen mm-hmm. 
and I have no glove. Um, but that's what it felt like. He was throwing like a baseball fastballs. That's what it was hurting, like my hands. So we were having a good laugh. And anyway, fast forward to today, Logan looks a lot like Brock Purdy. I mean, a lot. He doesn't have to have the helmet on. And you can say, hey, there goes Logan. Which I did, of course, horsing around because I was watching the game. Um, I did it when his helmet was on. And he just looks identical to him, dude. He could be a stuntman if he wanted to. And you should have seen their faces light up. Like, they kind of had this look like, oh, shit. Like, he's all that? Like, he's a professional on TV? How long are you going to keep that up, though? Well, I told him, I go, what do you think it was? I go, I, I told him, que pensan que juegan infantil con infantiles or what? You know, because they were like, oh, my God, he's... He's playing with men. I go, yeah, he's 6'3", like 2'10". He's a man. And um, to be fair, Purdy's only 22 and Logan's 19. So um, so they were all watching and giggling. And uh, I still haven't told them at this point that it's all I. <laughs> Even every once in a while, they'd go to the sideline and there might be like a, a certain angle where you're like, oh, God, you know, like that ain't him. Like, not that that ain't him. I, I know it because I've been around the kid all my life. They go there for two hours, but they might go, wait a minute, you know. Um, but most of the time, they uh, they bought it. It was hilarious. Be careful because remember what happened with me and uh, Jenny Garth from 90210? Where I had to take that one to the grave because the girl started crying and all that. No, what happened? Remember that cousin that uh, was one of Jaime's daughter, daughter's? And she brought a Colombian dude who was like an attorney. Yeah. And he kept getting phone calls. And she kept back then. Oh, God, we're going to sound so old. Back then, you couldn't lift up the phone or you would break the internet connection. And oh, she yeah. waxed me a couple times on like emails and I was pissed. So I, um, she had a little crush on him and he had met somebody in LA, something to do with his job or I don't know, some shit. But I said it was Jenny Garth from 90210. And so, um, I guess she like it broke her heart and she started crying and locked herself in the room. And at that point I didn't want to say it wasn't. So to this day, why not? You would unbreak her heart. I think cause it just, I don't know, maybe because we pushed so hard on it or so maybe I was more of a dick. Yeah. You were a part of it too. Oh, okay. But, uh, but yeah. So that's, that's one that, I mean, eventually you got to tell him, right. Mm. For one, he's named Brock. Brock and not Logan. Not really working True, with Sherlock Holmes over it. there. Think about all the times you've watched. Like, I mean, okay, these. The, I'm I'm gonna sound cruel on purpose. <laughs> I'm not even gonna tap dance. These are young girls from another country. Man, they ain't got time to figure out if Logan's last name is Purdy or. I didn't really have the volume up too high. They, it must sound like a, a foreign language to begin with, which it, which it is. But then the fir, the football, you know, verbiage that's being thrown around. Um, I think they just could see that he looks so much like him. What started it all was I said, um, I guess I told the girls to go. Who do you see there? Because they were showing him with his helmet on, and they were like, what? You know, like they freaked out. So I go, oh, they bought it. If they had said, oh, wow, that guy looks like Logan, you know, whatever, then sure. They showed Purdy about, this only lasted about a quarter, I think. 
um, and overtime shit. But um, if they had shown, you know, when I changed it was at the end because I was afraid they'd go, let's send it down to Megan O'Leary where she's with Brock Purdy <laughs> or something like that. Megan wasn't actually there. It's the only one I could think of. Hannah Storm, I don't know, whoever, Carissa Thompson. But um, they, I, I just don't think they were, I think it was moving too fast for them to think anything else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they were like so pissed off that they didn't ask them for a picture and and all that. Now I'm feeling guilty, honestly. I was just kind of having a goof on them. But afterwards, I had something to do. And I've never, once I came back out, they had already gone to sleep. So I've yet to tell them, hey, by the way, all that was a joke. So I don't know if I should keep it going or what just do. What did you do in the morning? They opened up an Amazon package and they got a Purdy. They both got Purdy jerseys. <laughs> oh my God. The overnight delivery. That, yeah. That's even better than Amazon Prime. Um, <laughs> well, luckily they have a good return policy. I'd have to come clean <laughs> and tell them and say, uh, no, you just take it to your grave. Just go, yeah, man. They met Purdy. Leave me alone. What do you want you're from me? Laugh your ass off. But see, nowadays, like the joke we pulled 30 years ago, that was <laughs> no, it was about 25 years ago. What could she do? Send an AOL to someone who knows nothing about Jenny Garth, probably. Hope she gets a response. I mean, nowadays you can jump on WhatsApp and clear this motherfucker up in 30 seconds. You know, <laughs> someone knows someone in Peru that can answer the, you know, if if Brock Purdy could possibly be my my godson. So yeah, you know, it can be cleared up very quickly now. Um, I think they'll get a kick out of it. But it was kind of funny to see them go from, go from, uh, oh shit, you didn't say he was all that. Like, you know, I think they just thought he played for like the local flag football team or something like that. But anyway, um, let's get into some. <laughs> didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you guys Bellator was going to sweep five nothing? I think I was courteous and respectful. By just laying out, maybe there'll be a 4-1 out there. That was me just softening the blow. But I knew Bellator was taking some of their horses to Tokyo, Japan. And that I just, from the times I watched Ryzen, sure, anything can happen. I respect all leagues. If you're good in any of these leagues and you win a belt, you are legit. But, hey, man, AJ McKee is like, he could downright be a great fighter in the UFC so could Pitbull Frady. So could Juan Archuleta. From Marchaletta to Pitbull and McKee, I'll keep it real. I think there's uh, a slight drop-off. And he's going into a stacked Bantamweight division. Pitbull versus Volkanovski would be really, really fun to watch. McKee versus either Volkanovski or if he decides to stay a lightweight. And to be fair, Pitbull was a lightweight for one fight and won a title. I mean... You know, those guys are at another level, man. Those guys are, they, they could definitely, you know, do it at, at, in the UFC or, or whatever, whatever they choose to do. Um, Horiaguchi, again, eight and one in the UFC, a Bellator champion. Like, come on, what'd you guys expect? Those are some studs, man. Um, Godsey Redmanimov, he defeated Koji Takeda. And so that was the clean sleep for Bellator. Now we had, uh decisions mostly or all of them 
and I would have wanted to see finishes, but maybe that's where we give credit to Ryzen. You know, they just didn't get walked over either. They were competitive in a lot of these fights. That Takeda, he had great defensive wrestling. Um, he bloodied him up a little bit too. I mean, they, they did okay for it being five nothing. But yeah, there's. I mean, at the end of the day, when, this probably doesn't make any sense anymore. But when you open the newspaper, it's gonna say five zero, right? But it didn't really feel that way. Each fight was kind of competitive. The night started off incredible, you know, with the the pride walkout and all that. Yeah, you're missing Len Hart, but uh, still pretty cool. And then the walkouts. I, I really hope they do this every year. Bellator versus Ryzen. Yeah, it was really really cool. Mm-hmm. Would Ryzen does Ryzen gain anything by getting clown like this? I think so because if uh, I think people still want to show up and wa- and watch those American athletes and stuff. Like, remember how crazy they would go for like Rampage and even Chuck Liddell when he fought over there. Like, they kind of like that stuff. Heath Herring, right? Like, they just love those personas. Mm-hmm. If I'm Ryzen, though, if I'm a if I'm a Ryzen fan, can't keep getting I'm thumbs, wondering though. if there's better MMA out there and I'm missing out in case I'm just you know in a in a in a cave somewhere thinking this is the only MMA that exists. You know, a lot of countries don't have access to other channels or other cards, or they just may not know, or they may not actually, they may hear or kind of know, but not, it hasn't been cemented like by the cross rival cross promotion that took place this week. But Ryanson's not like the UFC where there's not like a card every weekend, right? They, they have them here and there. So they probably sell out every time they do it. Yeah, I don't think so. But you know, you can't get thumped five zero every time either. Like you have to put some kind of resistance. If England sent their top five teams to Germany and played soccer, and they beat them all, I'm pretty sure the following weekend the German stadiums would still be full. It's yeah. just the way things worked out. But I think you still have enough passion for your your club that. Okay, well, there might be a better a league that does that has better talent out there, and you know, so that may so that may be. But these Turkish leagues, Russian leagues, Portuguese—I mean, those stadiums are full, and they know damn well that there's better domestic leagues out there, and that goes for South America as well. So yeah, now who knows? Soccer is such a whole other animal. Goes, that I don't even know if it's ever fair to compare any sport to mm-hmm. that one. MMA has. See, this is the thing. MMA has what's called, in my opinion, UFC fans. And there's some UFC fans that are hardcore fans of the sport that appreciate Bellator and PFL and one championship and Invicta and maybe LFA and whatever. Fill in the blank. Cage Warriors, all that. But are there just Cage Warrior fans or LFA fans or Ryzen fans? That's my question. There might be, but they're also already UFC fans. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So who knows, man? Who knows what what this does? It sure was fun to observe and see some of the nostalgia from Pride Days. And on a night like New Year's Eve, where a lot of people do choose to stay home nowadays, um, I thought it was a home run for them. For both Mm -hmm. leagues, except for Rising getting waxed 5-0, but... 
just one would have saved the day, you know, like El Gol del Norte, like they say in soccer. If you're getting beat for nothing, come on, just give us one goal, you know, let let, let us leave the stadium with some dignity. Nope, th- it was five nothing. I think uh I think, you know, why not do it with one championship or somebody else, you know, like um but maybe keep that tradition every year of, of facing somebody. I think that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, Coker's the one guy that's pretty consistent across the different decades of promoting events where he'll do that, you know? And I'm talking about the 2000s, the 2010s, the 2020s on each, in each decade. He doesn't do it often, but when he does do it, he goes big. Um, a few times, I, I think I can recall, it, it may not have worked out for him, but for the most part, it... it uh, it has, and you ain't going to see it from the UFC. The UFC did it in the 2000s. They had Chuck Liddell go to um, Pride. He did well in the first fight, and then he didn't do well in the next one. But um, I, I think there was a few other times where he had Pride stars uh, enter the octagon, and maybe something didn't come out of it necessarily at that time, but eventually it did, and so Dana's a little bit more guarded and protected. Now, mm-hmm. UFC's way out there in terms of could something like this hurt them now? Probably not. Back then, Dana was very protective of the promotion. And, and anytime there was even a promotion that did a fight card on the night that he was doing a UFC, he would stack up the UFC card even more if he could and try and cancel them out. He wanted to own um, every promotion out there. Anybody that was a threat, he wanted to smash them. He really, really took it personal. Right now... I don't think he loses sleep over unless somebody says, Hey man, it, you know, hands on the phone and goes, it's regarding Connor or Jones or Nganu, you know what I mean? Or Diaz or something like that. For the most part, I think he's like, I'll take care of it in the morning. I'll take care of it in the morning. Yeah. Not too much of a threat, but dude, honestly, I would just want to see a little, it doesn't even have to be to this magnitude. You know, even if he just had the, the way the UFC did it with pride, or just two fighters, or one fighter, or whatever, you know, one, like, I've always said, like, I don't know why PFL and Bellator, when you get certain fighters that just can't seem to maybe, uh, like a Chris Wade, right, all right, Chris Wade just maybe can't seem to get over the hump, he almost gets there every single time, why don't you send him to Bellator and put him in a brand, Grand Prix, and have Bellator, somebody who's maybe lost to the champ twice, send them over to PFL for a season, you know, like, not necessarily a full-on trade, but more like a loan, like they do in soccer. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. I think what's weird, dude, is how has Chris and Kayla not figured that out? Too late now. Because Kayla lost? Yeah. Well. Think about what the is, odds would have been. Kayla still... Won. Is is Kayla still Chris's toughest opponent outside of Amanda Nunes? I know they just signed Sarah McMahon, and no cats and ganos three and zero since moving up to featherweight. But think about it: is Kayla possibly, probably? Wait, I should say: is let me just no. ask it this way. I don't want to guide you towards the, what I'm thinking. Is Kayla a better option to fight to beat Chris Cyborg than those two? No. Really. Yeah, I think. Kat well, then my question would... to you is, how does Kat Zingano do against Kayla Harrison? I think she beats her. How does Kayla Harrison do versus Sarah McMahon? 
I think it's a little bit of a closer fight, but I still think Sarah McMahon could beat her. Hmm. Now, Kayla, if she continues to improve, she could surpass them. You know, from fight to fight, if she gets better, but uh, it just seems like the holes that she has in her game are just a little glaring. I know Larissa just beat her, but Larissa also had time to figure out the puzzle. Um, I, I would favor Kayla over both of them. Anything can happen in MMA for sure, and all three are top-notch women uh, WMMA fighters: Zinganu, McMahon, and and Kayla. So I'll pay them that respect in that, hey, I'm I'm not definitely saying one way this or one way or I would just feel good about holding a ticket that said Harrison over either one of them. Harrison over Cyborg, that one's different. That one definitely changed a little bit. But I still feel like I, what I guess what I'm trying to say is the ship hasn't sailed. Like, I, I think we could still make it when Cyborg lost to Nunez. You know, she rebuilt herself. You know, at that time, imagine if we would have said, oh, well, that's it. You know, like. It's just all about Mandy versus Kayla now. Um, no, Cyborg rebuilt herself, and she went to Bellator, captured that title, defended a few times, and now she's, you know, she's flying high, doing the boxing thing or whatever, but I'd still be open to it. Question is, can Coker... Right now, she's a free agent, I think. W- wouldn't PFL be pursuing give us one season of Cyborg? Cyborg would probably demand a lot of money, but um, it seems like P- didn't that Don Davis guy say or or Peter Murphy, one of those two guys said, "I'll give you two million each and a million dollars to the winner." I mean, it looks like those guys have a checkbook and they're willing to write, you know, to to write a check. So, do you put Cyborg into the season or do you just make them have a super fight? Uh, it sounds like Kayla doesn't want to do seasons now, so maybe just the super fight. And is that money still available? Would he still back his girl, even though she lost to La- Larissa Pacheco? Would Larissa Pacheco go, hey, 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 what about me? I'm the champ. Uh, probably. I think she has every right to, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to maybe start tugging at some coattails, you know, and asking around and going, well, you know, what's going on with all this? What's the likely scenario? I think running back Kayla versus Larissa is a big, big fight for them. Uh, I I really enjoyed this last fight. It went down mm-hmm. to the fifth round, and I really, really did enjoy it. Uh, if Larissa were to win, now you're looking at potential fifth fight, you know, between those two. Oh, that would be pretty interesting. I thought I just heard one of the cousins yelling. Um. Anyway, she probably found out who Purdy is. <laughs> no, it was a scream like a, a spider was just seen or something. But <laughs> anyhow, um, here they come. The dynamic duo. There they are. <laughs> uh, moving on, I guess, from that goes. So just because I mentioned it, Sarah McMahon did sign with Bellator. Um. What do you think? She thinks she's got the goods to beat Chris Cyborg. I'm not so sure. She's definitely going to have to probably wait out Kat Zinganu first. You know what I mean? But one thing she said that I don't agree with, she said, quote, you beat her and you are the best featherweight. Mm, I get it. You're with the promotion. You're trying to curry. You know, 
you're you're trying to um put them over and support your decision to join them. I get it. But that's a strong statement. Mm-hmm. If you beat Chris Cyborg, you're 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 just not the best featherweight, man. I mean, I don't know what other way to put it. The Nunes Cyborg fight speaks volumes still. And until Cyborg beats her and evens the score, Nunes is the best featherweight. At least in my eyes, has anything changed with you? And unless we're all saying that this chick who rarely fights a featherweight, you know, just kind of got lucky the one night, and this long time featherweight is getting disrespected. No, no. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. We all saw it. It all went down. Um, it didn't have a lucky punch feel to it. She didn't slip on a banana peel. She was just better than her that night. There's no way around it. Could Cyborg beat Nunes in the rematch? Possibly. Yeah. I think so, too. I think so, too. Especially if Nunes fights how she fought against Pena, where she just looked like she was, A, disinterested or not motivated or just disrespected Pena's skills. I don't know, but for sure, I can think of a lot of people that would have beat Nunes, mm-hmm. including Valentina. Um, she just looked like she didn't want to be out there, you know. Pena rose to the occasion. I don't want to take anything away from her, but it really looked like there was a few WMMA athletes that could have beat Nunez that night. But then Nunez yeah. came back with that strong statement that led you to believe, okay, okay, oh, order's been restored. Yeah, I, I would actually uh, believe it or not. I think I would, if I had to bet, I think I would bet Cyborg in that rematch. Perhaps. Because one thing's for sure, Cyborg doesn't have those off nights. She may have gotten beat by Nunez and knocked out, mm-hmm. but it's because a finely tuned athlete beat another finely tuned athlete using four-ounce gloves. She just rose to the occasion and connected. But Cyborg doesn't have too many fights where she doesn't look indestructible. Right. I mean, and I'm talking about, actually, she just, other than that one, that's the only one I can think of. She may sometimes go to a decision or something like that, but for the most part, she's out there trying to decapitate you as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, well, McMahon joining Bellator and fighting at featherweight, she won't have to worry about cutting weight or anything like that. So let, let's stick with WMMA for just a second. I'm going to glide through a few stories here. Uh, Jillian Robertson tapped out. Rose Nama Yunus in 65 seconds at Fury Pro Grappling 6. And that's not crazy because Jillian Robertson is actually really, really good in jujitsu, right? She gets a lot of submissions. They both fight in MMA primarily, but they grappled on this occasion. But man goes, when I've seen Rose grapple in the past, she looks like she could be a problem for a lot of people. I was just shocked that she lost so quickly. Well, See, I wonder when you when you talk about Rose Namajunas, a lot of times when you're talking about her deficiencies, you're not really pointing at one thing. Like you're not saying she's terrible on the ground or her wrestling sucks or she can't throw hands. Usually, what we're talking about is kind of the mental side of where she is at, right? She battles a lot with that, and I would think that if she takes some of these losses the way she does. I can't imagine what going out there and getting submitted in 65 seconds 
maybe does for her confidence, especially with the MMA side not going so well as of late, right? So I don't know. Because um, every time we see her fight, like she gives you this feeling like, is this going to be the last one or what? And things like this probably do not help her confidence, which is such an important thing in her career right now. So, um, yeah, man, that, that that's a rough one. That really is. Yeah, I was expecting. I was expecting it to probably go to a decision where there would be a stalemate, like Rose's. I've always touted Rose's skills on the ground, but I knew I knew Jillian Robertson was no joke. Trust me. I just didn't imagine that if this went down, it would it would go down that quick. Here's a few other results from that fight, and I'll also tell you about a few results from Ryzen. So we'll do Ryzen first because we talked about Ryzen first. So I told you about those top five fights. Um where the Bellator guys went five and zero. Patricio Pitbull Frady, he beat Cleaver. So yeah, Clever, Koiki, Erbst, Kyoji Horiguchi defeated Hiro, Hiromasa, uh, Aokikubo. Juan Archuleta defeated Sue Chul Kim. Gatsi Rabadonov defeated Koji Takeda. AJ McKee defeated Roberto De Souza. But they also had an undercard because if some of you are wondering, wait a minute, what about Dotson and them? They did. Uh, John Dodson defeated Hideo Takoro on the undercard. Uh, Johnny Case was also on the undercard. He defeated Nobumitsu Osawa. Rogerio Bontarin, who was in the UFC's flyweight division, he lost to Yuki Montoya. And I think pretty much other than that, that pretty much covers the names we're familiar with from the MMA side. As far as the grappling stuff that uh, that I was telling you about, Robertson submitted Rose Namajunas in 65 seconds. Chase Hooper defeated Clay Guida via submission. He got him with a calf slicer. Joseph Pfeiffer defeated Eric Anders via decision. Andre Petrosky defeated Ovin St. Pru via decision. Pat Sabatini defeated Alex Caceres via submission. And let's see here. Mike Malott defeated Trevin Giles via decision. So look at them, man. They really spent some money to get some MMA talent in there. That's uh, grappling. Surprising. Nick That's Gallant surprising to me because remember what happened to Rob. Cub? Oh, mm-hmm. Sorry. Yep. Remember, I thought I thought that would kind of slow this down a little bit. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously the fighters know this going in, and I think what they probably measured, what they probably said was that's a rare occurrence. So if someone's handing me twenty thousand and I get punched in the face, I'm in. You know, this is what we do anyway, I guess. But yeah, um, Cub got it from Jake Shields, so. Definitely a different weight class and definitely a decorated grappler. You know, he just may have, that may have been too big of a wave to overcome. Uh, finishing out here, Christos Giagos defeated a guy whose name I'm not about to attempt. Maybe I will. Zulka Nayan Kamchi Bekoff. Um, Pat Berry, that's Rose's significant other. He lost to jo- uh, John Palat. And I believe that does it. There was a lady named Molly Zabrowski who defeated Jonna Wood. I actually looked it up because I go, is that Joanna Wood? And maybe they just had a misspelling, but no, it was some lady named Jonna Wood. So pretty cool. Pretty cool of Fury to kind of branch out like that in the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Our former colleague, John Morgan, on the call. And uh, they do their MMA stuff and they do the grappling stuff. Yeah. And just to clean out you know, the rest of the news here from the week before we get on out of here. Uh, yes, I don't want to just dismiss it. We did lose Stefan Bonner. 
And when we get more info on that, we will share it with you. I read a couple different sources out there, and the most I could see was stuff having to do with, with like uh, heart complications, heart failure. Sometimes when you read that, you can automatically assume a uh, heart attack, obviously. But from what, right? Um, and that's where it gets tricky because someone so young shouldn't be going at that age. But you speculate, and that's a huge um, no-no for anybody that has, you know, ethics or a conscience. Mm-hmm. I would never want to do that. You'll hear that type of stuff behind the scenes of what it what it could have been or whatever. But I definitely don't want to do that. But that one really, I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, maybe because so much happened since then goes, it almost just felt like it was a month ago. Yeah. Yeah, when when George and I started this program, uh, not that we aren't knuckleheads, but we were probably more of knuckleheads. And along the ways, you know, connecting with Junkie USA Today, you just learn that sometimes you can just you can't just say what comes to your mind and what you think. It's irresponsible, you know, because a lot of people count on you for information, and you don't want to put out the wrong information. So we'd love to talk more about this. But we'd rather get more of the facts first and then be able to kind of figure out uh, what it is that happened. But that doesn't mean that we can't share the fact that we think it's tragic and that we're going to miss his presence, you know. And and no matter what it was, he was just too young to go. He was a young cat still. A lot of life to live. Yeah, for sure. Um. And again, our thoughts and prayers with Andrea and Griffin, his wife and kid. I was just thinking about, you know, some of the storylines that ran through my head. He had the problem on the freeway with the cops drinking and driving on that occasion. Or he fell asleep, I remember. And then he had an incident at the hospital. His house burned down. And somehow this guy was still trying to figure it out. You know, he was working with these guys over at High Roller. He was doing some pro wrestling like um you know he wasn't just giving up is what i'm trying to say he was really trying to make it work one way or another for his family using the fame and notoriety from his mma career yeah and um yeah he just his time was up unfortunately and when we get more info we'll definitely share with you all I hope you guys understand that we're not definitely not like holding back or anything like that. We really did know him pretty, pretty good. And we know a lot of people that knew him even better, but everybody's still with their hands up and trying to figure out, you know, how this could have happened. And, and uh, we just don't want to speculate. There's a guy named Tanner Marlowe goes was four and O in the LFA. I sound like Ed Soares in the LFA in LFA. And he was killed in a Christmas Eve double homicide. Apparently, he was with he was with um, some young lady, and the ex boyfriend came. He was armed. They both pulled out guns, and um, the result was both guys passing away. We have the other guy's name too, a guy named Jacob Molina. And um, but this guy was a promising prospect in LFA. 30 years of age, 4 and 0 uh, and but unfortunately he's no longer with us. He's a 
represented by Iridium Sports Agency, which has over 100 UFC fighters, including Brandon Marino. And, uh, yeah, just goes to show you there's many different types of um, tragedies that can take place from self-inflicted to, you know, a young person losing their life to a to a horrible illness like like cancer, you know, not not all of it can be age related or just crimes of passion. God, man, the holidays are spooky in that regard, aren't they? Very, very. Yeah, it's it's a weird time, man. Yeah, Demir Ismagulov is done fighting. He just lost to um, Armand Sarukian, and it was a pretty close fight. You know, but I still feel like I mean it was competitive, I should say. But he lost the unanimous decision. And but he's saying he's had some other health problems and now he wants to end his sports career. But this guy was like twenty five and one or something like that, or, or I guess twenty four and one, and now he finishes with a twenty four and two record and five and one in the UFC. That's legit, you That's know. That's impressive. I know. I know, and he's just He's done, and um, I mean, I wish him the best at 31 years old. Like, you don't really hear too many announcements like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, if that's the right call for him, then good for him, right? That's what we usually want from these athletes is, you know, when you know your time is up and who knows how complicated these health issues may be. But, I mean, step back and just listen to that record. It, you know, he he unfortunately just – when you're 24 and two and five and one overall, you're really close to a title shot, or maybe you're like ten fights away from fighting for a title, maybe becoming champion, having a couple title defenses. Like these next ten fights could have defined them possibly as a as a Hall of Famer if things would have you know continued going that way. Yeah, yeah. Just look at like Habib, right? Like how quickly all that just happened for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, in a span of 10 fights your world could completely change for sure now tell me about this Manny Pacquiao he signed with Ryzen plans to compete in 2023 am I supposed to get excited about Manny Pacquiao throwing calf kicks and tossing people judo style uh, or is this going to be more along the lines of like hybrid rules or what do you know about this one I don't know because they haven't they didn't say anything about the rule set, right? For all we know, he could just be boxing under Ryzen. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But um that would be interesting if he if he did something like that. But uh hey, yeah, I really, really don't know what exactly it is they want to do with him. I mean, at his age, that'd probably be a really, really bad uh bad thing to do. Get get involved in even any type of hybrid. Like, I wouldn't do any of that. I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't throw hands with him for more than 30 seconds, if that. Okay. Here's the thing about Manny Pacquiao. When people were talking about Conor McGregor and him fighting uh, Floyd Mayweather, if he would have fought Manny Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao has the style and the head. He would not carry Conor, not even for a second. Hell no. He would have destroyed him. So yeah, with with Manny Pacquiao, like no matter how old he is, you still have to remember that is a world class, not just boxer but fighter. Really, like he is not afraid to take a few to give one. Mm-hmm. Well, Floyd's worked with Ryzen. 
they've done exhibition bouts. It could be that this is what Pacquiao does. We haven't, they haven't cleared up the rule set of what will happen, but guess what? It clicked well on our website. It was a big announcement, but yeah, I don't expect the guy that's in his forties to do it, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if someone says like, like Demetrius, you know how he fought the Muay Thai guy, um, Rod Tang, like Ooh. with four ounce gloves, Oh man, you got to get this guy down within ten seconds because he throws fast and hard with both hands, and he doesn't have to be um, squared up. He can be off balance. He can be counter counter striking. Man, he's vicious. Michael Nunn did something like this, right, with Pat Miletic not too long ago. Mm-hmm. He did. He did like a little bit of a hybrid, that kickboxing style fight. Yeah, and uh, I'll never forget. Uh, Ray, Ray Mercer, you know, and 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 Tim Sylvia. Ray Mercer mm-hmm. beat Tim Sylvia in MMA. There's no way around that. A guy from boxing came over to MMA and knocked out a former champion. I think Dana always kind of was pissed at that too against Tim Sylvia. That's what I heard. I don't know. Um, Jamal Hill and Anthony Smith. They talked about it. It's happening. They're training each other. Smith, who lost his fight versus Hill, is helping Hill fight Glover Teixeira for the vacant. UFC undis, uh, undisputed light heavyweight title. Smith, who found out on the set that he wouldn't be fighting Hill, has put all that aside, and he's helping Hill to beat uh, Glover Teixeira. And I think that's pretty big of both guys. Well, Smith especially, especially Smith. Yeah, and I and I don't even really know if I would have done that if I were him. They're just so close, you know. That uh, I don't know if that's a great idea. It's cool to see, but I don't know if it's a good idea. Great idea for who? For Anthony Smith. Why? Because I was thinking for Hill. Because they could they could be matched up again soon. You never know. You never Smith know what's going on. Yeah, you never know. Like that fight could still happen. Yeah, because Smith is giving him rounds, so he'll he'll see a lot of what Hill's all about. Whereas Hill's not going to get the best out of Smith. Um, that's usually not the way it works. Now, what Smith can do is provide intel on fighting Glover. Remember, Smith looked good against Glover early on, mm-hmm. and then Smith lost to Glover. But, um, yeah, I could see them possibly facing each other down the road. So for Smith, you know, this might be a scouting trip or just a solid. Um, Jamal Hill, being that the circumstances is this fight really is happening, honestly, in the next couple of weeks, he may have just wanted to reward him fa- <coughs> excuse yeah. handsomely, right? So let's say he told him, I'll give you 25 grand for coming out for two weeks or 50 grand, whatever the price is. I don't know. And the other guy goes, well, I'm not fighting this guy. So I wasn't going to make that paycheck, but I'm scooping up, you know, a couple bricks over here. Sure. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. I have to imagine the UFC did something in that regard. And then as far as whatever, to me, man, whatever Anthony Smith can provide, is all stuff that could happen probably over the phone, not so much replicating what Glover Glover does, you know? I think it's just kind of like advice, like, hey, man, he tends to do this, or he felt like this that night. But I don't know that you really, when you're looking for somebody to replicate what Glover does, that you say, what's Anthony Smith doing? Mm. True, yeah. But like I say, there may have just been other circumstances, and that's why he decided to do it. Uh, they don't share the same manager. So uh, Smith is in Kansas. The other guy's in Minnesota. So that's not like 
one guy from Thailand had to fly across the world to do it. Anyway, we're probably spending more than enough time on it as it is. I just think it's legit, and that's that. Donald Cerrone, he says, if if Jake Paul wants to fight, he's open to it. I don't like that fight necessarily for Cerrone. Cerrone really slowed down his last few fights, and that would just be us setting ourselves up where we want to back our MMA guy, but it ain't going to go because the other kid's a pretty legit boxer, at least for the level of, you know, I'm not trying to peg him as a boxer, boxer, like a world champion boxer. For the level and for the competition that he's fighting, he's pretty legit. I don't think that one would go too well for Cerrone. I don't like it one bit. Uh, It's not a good idea for Donald Cerrone. If he walked away from mixed martial arts, it was for a reason. And uh, you can get hurt in boxing, too. So I I, I just don't like that. Apparently, the whole thing with Nate Diaz has gone a little cold. So maybe that's why other names are being tossed around. But I think eventually they will get to Nate Diaz. Otherwise, what did he do all this for? Who Mm -hmm. knows? Adrian Yanez versus Rob Font, April 8th. That's pretty legit, right? I love that fight. It's a great fight. Yeah. I really like that one, too. And here's one more that we'll close with. Um, We have to mention it. And again, folks, sorry to end on a sad note, but we also lost Pele. Goes, how did we not mention that? That's true. That's Pelé's so huge. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but Pele really is. He is in the same breath. Please cut me off if you think I'm crazy, but he's in the same breath as Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, Babe Ruth, Tom Brady, probably Leo Messi, and the and Cristiano and Maradona and um, I guess Tyson just because of how big Tyson was in the boxing world, but as a everything else form of entertainer, you know, um, uh, Rick Flair. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it, but this guy was big. This guy was it. Even before Maradona, this guy was it. Some say he's still it even after Maradona and Messi and um, he won three world cups. You know, and, and he did it in a country where they have their surfers, they have their Formula One racers and IndyCar racers and a couple hoopsters. Um, for the most part, soccer is, you know, it's like a, it's like a religion of its own. And this guy was the Pope. Yeah, dude. I mean, you can't, you don't say the name Pele and, and people go, which one? Like, you know who the fuck you're talking about when you say Pele, right? That's hard to do. In life, yeah, uh, people from other sports really? that don't even, huh? Well, there is, to be fair, there is one that I mean, in MMA, Anderson, yeah, but yeah. I mean, come on, like nobody goes Pele Johnson or Pele, like everybody knows who you're talking about, right? And that, that just doesn't happen very much in this world. So, um, what more could you accomplish, man, as a player? You know, that that dude did so much, yeah. Folks, check out MMA Junkie. Everything we talked about is covered there in detail. You can read about Derek Brunson versus uh, Drikas Duplessis. Gervonta Davis got arrested on charges of domestic violence. Tatiana Suarez is coming back after almost four years. That's patchy mixed boo. Um, Dylan Danis is hinting that the fight not, might, might not happen with KSI. I never thought it would, to be honest. Um, and lastly, Shafkat Rekmanomov. Rachmanov, excuse me, lost his fight versus Jeff Neal. We still haven't heard about a replacement, but we'll cover all that on the next show on Thursday. We got to get ready for spinning back clicks. Catch spinning back click every Monday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And we're back tomorrow live with Danny Segura, Nolan King, myself, and Goes. Uh, 
and hit the subscribe button on that YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash MMA junkie video. That way you'll get the reminder of when it's going live. You can catch it live. You can participate in the chat room and check it out. And here on junkie radio, Mondays and Thursdays is when the show drops, but sometimes we get in early like we did today. That way our overseas audience can start consuming it earlier. So for now we're out of here again, happy holidays, happy new year. We'll talk to you soon. Go out and be a champion. Mm -hmm.